Tinville Saga, Season 4, Episode 3. Season 4, Excelsior, mid-1988 to December 31, 1989. Episode number 3, Teams, a lot of moving parts, all moving at once, challenges abound. There was a lot of adrenaline pumping mid-1988 to December 31, 1989, dear listener. And for that very fact, meeting space represented a challenge, one of logistics. Remember now, we are in the latter years of the 20th century, where meetings were almost exclusively held face-to-face. Virtually no teleconferencing and certainly no Zoom. PEC did not have a physical place to call its own, yet we did need somewhere, relatively centrally located, where we could meet and a space for which we did not have to pay a rental fee. During this period of time, mid-1988 to December 31, 1989, the institutional partner who stood with PEC providing a physical space as well as the leadership support to faculty members who wished to engage with our organization was Rollins College, the private liberal arts school founded in 1885 and located in Winter Park about four miles from Eatonville. You may recall that in an earlier episode, I have referred to the Rollins president, Dr. Thaddeus Seymour, and his embrace of Eatonville, and to Dr. George Grant, the Morehouse alum who served as director of libraries there at the college. Practically speaking, the second floor of Olin Library, back area of the Stacks conference table, became PEC's de facto home. Indeed, we did meet occasionally at other locations, and of course our Eatonville meetings took place within the town, but when we had to conduct our many regularly scheduled committee meetings, faculty members from Rollins College, Seminole Community College, the University of Central Florida, Valencia Community College, and other organizations' representatives knew Rollins was home base. Believe me, dear listener, knowing there is a home base is very important because people need to be able to mark their calendars and not have to wonder, where's the meeting going to be this time? Now, we had four teams who were meeting constantly. The first team was a steering committee charged with overseeing and working on the overall festival planning and implementation. In addition to me, members were Dr. Deidre Crumbly, anthropology, and Dr. George Grant, the aforementioned, both from Rollins, Mrs. Edis T. Dexter from the PEC board, and a decades-long Eatonville resident, Mrs. Ruthenia Moses, with strong family ties to Eatonville and representing the Citrus Council of the Girl Scouts. The Reverend James A. Shortis, also on the PEC board, pastor of the Church of the Good Shepherd, located on Lake Avenue in Maitland. Ms. Beth Rapps, a member of the PEC organization and a social justice activist. And Dr. Ronald Foreman, on faculty at the University of Florida and representing the Florida Folklore Society. For the second team, the Academics Committee, we drew members from the Steering Committee, Crumbly, Grant, Nathiri, and Raps, and added Dr. Catherine Seidel from the University of Central Florida Department of English. 
For the third team, the Folk Arts Committee, charged with many of the material culture, I think here, dear listener, of the aspect, hands-on aspects of the festival, steering committee members, Mrs. Edis Dexter and Mrs. Ruthenia Moses co-chaired, and joining them were folklorists, Dr. David Clausen from Valencia Community College and Dr. Kristen Congdon from the University of Central Florida, and representing the Florida Folklore Society, Mrs. Shirley Cannon. And for the fourth team, serving as the Eatonville anchor and support system to all of the above-mentioned three teams was the Eatonville Citizens Subcommittee, composed of eight women. Mrs. Ernestine McWhite, overseeing food, Ms. Hortense Joan, history, Mrs. Rita Allen, beautification, and at large, Mrs. Pauline Alexander, Mrs. Charity Robinson, Mrs. Alois White, Mrs. Ella Dinkins, and Mrs. Vera King. Together, we were all responsible for the Zora Project. And here I'm quoting from the souvenir book for the first annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts, January 25 through 28, 1990, compiled by Alice Morgan Grant and Cynthia Scales. The Zora Project, named after Eatonville's most prominent citizen, Zora Neale Hurston, this project encompasses all of PEC's ongoing preservation activities. The goals of these undertakings are, one, perpetuating the memory and lasting recognition of Zora Neale Hurston and her work, and two, preservation of the Eatonville community. This first annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts is our most ambitious activity to date, end quote. Ambitious indeed. So much of our process involved thinking at the highest possible levels and then executing flawlessly. These were the standards we set for ourselves. For example, we identified as a prime audience college and university people. Why? Because always squarely in front of us was the objective of ensuring that Orange County, elected officials, decision makers, opinion shapers, all would have to recognize that quote-unquote experts validated the PEC talking point that Eatonville was nationally significant, an important element of American history, a community to be treasured and preserved. What better way to make that case than by America's best and brightest? And how could we identify those folks? We would issue a call for papers to members of the scholarly community. Let's pause here, dear listeners, to talk a little bit more about what is a call for papers. Back in the day, because in more recent time, a call has been expanded to employing verbiage such as call for proposals. But back in the day, our call followed a standard process. Issue the invitation and wait for the response. Pretty straightforward, right? Not so fast. As is said, the devil's in the details. And here are a few of those details with which we had to grapple. One. Zora Neale Hurston's body of work is multidisciplinary and interdisciplinary, so our call needed to allow the college and university members in fields of 
African-American studies, anthropology, folklore, literature, and women's studies to respond. Two, the academic committee would have to not only create the call, but also establish a system so that the respondents remained anonymous, ensuring favoritism played no role. And three, the academic committee would have to identify a group of jurors nationwide, all respected in their fields, to determine which respondents should be chosen to present at the festival. Now here's the kicker. Time was not our friend. Even though the first annual Zora Neale Hurston Festival of the Arts was not scheduled until 1990, Thursday, January 25 through Sunday, January 28, and PEC was beginning our planning mid-1988 in order to have a fighting chance at success, we had to move very quickly in order to align our schedules with college and university calendars. Fall semester 1988, spring semester 1989, fall semester 1989. In other words, our call for papers timeline had to work. It had to comport with these institutional and internal calendars. And frankly, we were behind. Bottom lines, A, the, ac the academic committee, in the midst of their own professional obligations, had taken on an unanticipated assignment. Remember, dear listener, we all had day jobs. B, the call and its process would have to be created and out the door so that the respondents could submit and receive their notice by late summer, early fall, 1989, so they could prepare to come to Eatonville in January, 1990. C, Jurors in the fields of African-American studies, anthropology, folklore, literature, and women's studies had to be identified. And remember, all of these jurors were already engaged in their own projects. And D, and all of the above, would have be for naught if the intended audience did not know about the call and if that audience did not respond. How did we address this existential challenge and face another huge one related to time? Tune in next time for another episode of An Edenville Saga in episode three. You've been listening to An Edenville Saga. Executive Producer, The Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, Inc. Podcast Concept and Storyteller, N.Y. Theory, Eatonville Native and Executive Director of The Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, Inc. P.E.C. Produced and directed by Ken Moore. 2020 Copyright by The Association to Preserve the Eatonville Community, Inc. All rights reserved. Thanks for listening. If you would like to support our podcast by giving, you can give to PEC at www.give2pec.org. That's www.give2pec.org.